as you know, it doesn't have to cost a lot to be fabulous. I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, episode 409, Decorating Ideas Under 50 Bucks. We have lots of inspiration, ideas, and actually some specific items for you to make your home even that much more fabulous for just a little bit of money. We're really excited to dive into these ideas today, and... The episode is sponsored by Diane James Home, and we do have a fabulous giveaway from Diane James Home for a $150 gift certificate. So listen on so you can enter to win. So Anita, what are your fabulous ideas for under 50 bucks? Where do I even start? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things you can do for under 50 bucks uh, that I had to just shut myself down (laughs) because I could just keep going and going and going. But uh, so I picked some specific items and I have some just general ideas as you discussed. Uh, So the first thing kind of combines lots of loves of mine, my love of velvet, my love of purple or lilac or lavender and bolster pillows. So it is a lavender bolster pillow in velvet for less than $20. Wow. So I thought this was a great buy. It's from World Market, and I'll include, uh, as always, we will be including all of the links for all the products that we mentioned. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a great deal. And what a great uh, piece to, to put on your bed. I think a bolster just makes sense on uh, in any bed. And you know, the longer, the better. This one looked like a nice size, too. But I didn't write down the dimensions. Okay. And it probably comes in some different colors, too. They usually have a variety it, of colors. It probably does. But, you know, that one really caught my eye. Okay, ceiling medallion. That is a really inexpensive way to jazz it up. You might not even think about adding one of those, or you might think, oh, that's just for more ornate homes. But there are really simple ceiling medallions, and it just adds this extra profile to your ceiling. You know, I'm always talking about considering your ceiling like the fifth wall and doing some interesting treatment on it. So even if you didn't want to paint it or plank it or wallpaper it or make it metallic like I've been talking about in the past, simply adding a ceiling medallion, and they usually come in white, so if your trim is white, you might even get away with not even having to paint it. They're generally lightweight now. They're made of you know different types of materials. It's not necessarily a wood or a metal, so you might be able to install it yourself. And sometimes a light fixture just needs that little bit extra oomph to really set it off. So um, think about ceiling medallions. They have them at all kinds of places, you know, starting with Home Depot and probably up to your your more um, sophisticated lighting stores or maybe even your local lighting store would have a selection. But Home Depot has uh, ceiling medallions at all different sizes, all different levels of um, ornateness, if you will, from very simple to, um, you know, very Victorian looking. And you can probably pick them up for I definitely under 50, somewhere around 25 bucks. Well, I think it's a great idea. And I had some friends who like to take down all the lights in their house and put it in a ceiling fan. I can't even remember who this was because it was several years ago. But I remember she had all these medallions in 
on all of her ceilings. And I said, wow, that looks really nice. And, uh, you know, I just kind of was talking to her about it. Well, as it come to find out in the discussion, uh, they had torn up the ceiling every time they <laughs> installed the ceiling fan. And so that was just kind yes. of something that they used to cover it up covers the damage. It. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. yes, it, that's also a great solve. You know, if you end up switching out a light, light fixture and the, um, what would you call that? The escutcheon, the thing that actually attaches to the ceiling that mm-hmm. uh, is smaller. And so you've got a hole or you've got a little gap or, you know, somebody didn't do such a good job when they were making the hole covers up, uh, uh, you know, a myriad of sins as well as being decorative. Well, right. And when they put the gas lanterns uh, on the front of our house, they put them, it was just kind of the wrong height. We ended up having to raise them up. And so I had these holes on the columns in the front of my house and it just ended up where I just said, you know what, why don't I just buy, you know, kind of a decorative kind of uh, plaque type right, like a medallion. Plate, right. Right. And we put those on over those holes and, you know, it just looks decorative now. So yeah. And it adds I mean, an extra really profile too. I bet it looks really nice. Exactly. It looks great now. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. So another thing I found, and this kind of interested me, I found these on Wisteria. And one of them, let me see if I can scroll down. These lidded jars, they're called windswept lidded jars. Uh, The larger size was regularly $249, which I admit is a lot of money. On sale right now for $29. Oh, stop it. See? Okay, wait a minute. Are they really ugly? (laughs) No, I think they're nice, but I think they were just awfully expensive for what they were. Oh, so they never sold. I don't know. Yeah. Right, right, right. So they are ginger jars. They're ceramic, but they're they're cylindrical and very tall and narrow. So the tallest one, I think, is 18 inches tall. They have lids on them. They're white, and it's kind of more of a modern take on the design. They're white with kind of a little bit of a blue splash on them, Uh shall we say. There's a taller one and a shorter one, and I thought they were nice looking and i thought well you know what a great buy uh save yourself some money and yes so that's a that's a um a hot ticket for the 50 bucks or less you got to go grab it now that's exactly right and that'll get you 29.99 is just for one of them the shorter one i think is more like 24 or something i don't i don't have the exact Hmm. price in front of me so uh not you're going to be a little bit over if you buy both of them well that's okay you separate them out for this podcast and you still fit within the, the general framework. Um, how about adding a shelf over a door? There are so many really pretty brackets out there now. I saw an article not too long ago, you know, like one of those little half page articles in a magazine, and they had a photo of all these different styled brackets and they were all so reasonable. So running from like $12.99 up to about $25.99 for a set of brackets. All different styles from modern to craftsman-z to really scrolly. Um, So you could get them in metal. You could also do a wood corbel. And then you just get a piece of wood. Try not... Try to get one that has a bevel on it or somehow it's finished off. You just want, don't want to like get a plank because sometimes that just looks too rough if you're seeing the, the front edge of the shelf. But I love putting a shelf over a door, um, particularly like in a hallway or just an area that needs a little something, but maybe not a place where you can fit furniture or it's kind of a weird place for art. Um, and then you can put a collection up there. You can lean some things. But you know, if you're putting it over the doorway, you want to make sure you You've affixed it somehow to the wall. Uh, But that's super inexpensive. And then you can, if it's wooden 
corbels, brackets, you can just have it all painted. Or if it's the metal, then just paint the shelf and there you go. Anita's used a shelf in a really interesting way. Is that up, it's in your entryway and also upstairs in your, on oh, the hallway you use some sort of piece of salvage, I think, but it, or is it the other way around? One of the places in your house you have a shelf. It's just upstairs, that's right. And I found a salvage piece of wood and then I found these antique brackets, uh, corbels that were outdoor. And I think they were from like Ohio or someplace like that. And they were on an old house and I bought two of them, but they're large and ornate. And I just left them the way they were with the kind of crackly paint. And uh, I just thought they were very charming. And yeah, and then the wood shelf. And then I use it as a display area. Uh, so it's kind of a nice spot because... It is in a narrow hallway. I don't have room for a console. So this is an inexpensive way to have a console in a room or, you know, in place of a console. So it's cheaper, but also it works well if you don't really have the room to put a console there. So yeah, that's what I did. And uh, I very much enjoyed it. Oh, it looks fantastic. And I did a shelf over the those factory metal doors in my kitchen and it just seemed like it needed something there but I knew I wasn't going to add draperies and just felt like that end of the room needed a little something because again balance all sorts of things came into play there the other side was heavier because the stove is there so I put a very long, very thin piece of wood with a nice bevel on it, and then just two little wooden corbels that I picked up somewhere along the way. So I think that whole uh, you know, ensemble, if you will, cost me probably 20 bucks. And then I had my carpenter put it in, so it made sure I was in there really um well so it was sturdy and then that's where I have my collection of white pictures and I just kept adding to it and when I felt like I had enough I started putting them up there and now they run from end to end from little tiny short ones and it comes up to the bigger ones and then round down to little short ones again and you could see those in my latest um, YouTube video um, I, I have a I sort of pan around the room and you can see that whole thing but that's a really wide doorway it's over eight feet wide, and I was able to put this really narrow shelf. So maybe the shelf is four and a half, five inches wide. Again, so inexpensive, and it really makes a statement in the room. Oh, I think it was a great thing to do, and I'm sure that made up for how much money you spent on the doors, right? <laughs> yes, that's an excellent <laughs> way to think about it. <laughs> but it Moving right great, along. It's a fabulous look. It's a Let's fabulous look. I don't think Peter knew how much we spent for those doors, so don't listen to that one, Peter. <laughs> yep, yep. No, no need to discuss that. Let's move on. Uh, you know, we've talked about having artwork that is meaningful to to you as an individual. And so I think that's uh, something to think about when you're looking for art. Don't worry about finding framed artwork, but look for some artwork that appeals to you or perhaps even a poster. And I know I've really had had great luck on eBay finding vintage travel posters and use those uh, to frame them. So that's really a cheap way uh, to have some inexpensive artwork is to buy the posters and then buy some, buy some inexpensive framing for them. You'll save a lot of money. And this way you're going to be able to get something very, very custom for you because what's the chance that you're going to find exactly what you want framed exactly the way you want and the size you need and everything. So, you know, I highly suggest that you you look at some of these inexpensive posters 
uh, for something that really appeals to you. That's a great idea. I have some other ideas about framing things. So maybe I should jump in now with those ideas. Mm -hmm, How about framing vintage postcards? First of all, they're so fun to find. And if you go to any... um, antique shows, flea markets like the Rosewell or Roundtop or something that might be in your local area, you're always going to find a vendor that has vintage postcards, whether it's somebody that exclusively sells them and you, they just have, I love the people that have them organized by state or, you know, at least general region. So you can kind of try to find either your town or maybe a place that you like to visit for vacation or something like that. They're a great great buy. They're usually very inexpensive, maybe a dollar each, or sometimes you get five for a dollar. And then you can have them framed and you can just buy the small size frames. You don't have to go to a frame shop or something like that. Um, and those are so fun and they're, they can be so personalized. And, you know, sometimes the back is even more interesting because someone has written about their vacation or so maybe you get one where you're showing the front of a place that you like to visit and maybe the back is also from that place but it's the handwritten side of it and you could put them in a double frame so that can be very inexpensively sourced and put together and if you have a big piece of art that's not very heavy so you know I wouldn't necessarily suggest this for a paper poster but if you have something that's printed on canvas or a a sturdier material you don't even have to put it in a frame you can get a curtain rod and hang it so it looks nice when you do more like the iron or oil rub bronze rather than one that's gold or white or like really looks like a a curtain rod and you could have a cool chunky finial on the end and then get the rings with the clips and then you can clip the art on it and this also gives you the opportunity not only to have an interesting way to display your art but you can change it out Mm -hmm. so simply yeah, and you can hang a tapestry on yes yes or a beautiful piece of antique uh, fabric right that you find maybe something embroidered i think that would be great yeah like a suzanne yeah yeah um, fabric i think would be wonderful Here's another thing some uh, to find some mismatched little uh, liqueur stems, or maybe you have some in your cabinet, and then organize all of those together on a nice little tray and put some cuttings in from your garden. And that would make a great little display area. And because these are small, you definitely want to group several together so that it becomes uh you know, so that has some presence. It's not going to look good with just one by itself. So I think that's a a lovely way to display some uh, cuttings from your yard. Oh, yeah. And even if it's not uh, filled with anything, in particular, you find the little ones that are crystal. You know, sometimes if you just display them in the right spot, the light might hit them, or maybe you add in something that has a top to it. So the little cordials and then maybe some other little um, jar or something with a top. It makes it really interesting and pretty. Another idea when you're grouping what people in the industry call smalls, you know, so they're the small little decor items. Um, so if you have a group of smalls that don't really go together, but you kind of like the shape of them, you can spray paint them all one color and maybe a lacquer or something. And I would definitely do it in all one color because then that unifies them. And then you know, it kind of makes them interesting. So say it's like some, you just think it's cute or it's, but it's kind of like, you know, it's like that it's kitsch sliding into tacky and you find it at a little yard sale or, you know, you've had something for a long time and you're like, oh, but I like 
the shape or, you know, it's it's this thing that I like, you know, it's an owl or whatever. Uh, and then you have another little piece that's a little bit taller and it's a little bit something else. Spray them all one color and then group them together and you might give them a whole new life. Are you talking about your Hummels? <laughs> okay, that is not my plan for my mother's Hummels. They are not my Hummels yet. They're my mother's Hummels. And I don't think I would ever have the heart to spray paint them. Okay, Those little faces, I no, know, I couldn't do cruel. that. No, I'm talking about inexpensive Chotsky type of things. Okay. Okay. Got it. I saw someone once oh. did that. Remember, um, you know, our, our blogging friend, Jen Rizzo, one time she did it to trophies. You know, who knows? Maybe there were like our husband's like, you know, baseball trophies or something mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. wouldn't let her get rid of them. And she spray painted them all white and then really? she put them on the shelf. And honestly, like, I I thought they looked really cool. I remember her laughing because, like, some people were like, why would you do that? But, I mean, they – I guess, you know, she wanted to keep them. Maybe they meant something. Uh, but they looked kind of really cool. And that was those kind of, you know, oh. those trophies. So I'm thinking, you know, something like, you know, more of a decorative item that, oh, you know, okay. like, everybody's got a lot of those things that – I was just helping a client the other day, actually yesterday, actually, and she had this whole giant bin of all that Mediterranean swirly oil rub bronze stuff. Remember, everybody was buying that, like I don't know, twenty years ago. That candlestick and the and the the little you know thing with the lid on it that you would have on your coffee table and all of it. And you, it was like so like dated and wah wah. But it really, if you took a couple of those pieces and you spray painted them, a, lacquered them white or a pop color or something, it could really be fun. And, you know, as I said, give it some new life. And it doesn't hurt to try it. And if you hate it, it didn't take much time and you already had the stuff. Then, yeah. Then just find somebody who yeah. And don't don't email me if you don't like it. It's just an idea. Yeah, you don't yeah, have we, to do yeah. it. There are no rules here. Yeah, yeah. That was Kelly. Right. And if my mother's listening, it was Anita's idea to spray paint. The oh, well, I was just asking oh, if that's what you were going to do. There was no suggestion it. there. Okay. All right. On to lamps. Mm. Because you and I love buying vintage lamps. Yes. Uh, but of course, when you do that, you almost always have to change out the lampshade or it will end up looking frumpy. So if you've bought a vintage lamp or you just happen to have a vintage lamp because you've had it for 20 years, <laughs> uh, you know, look at your lampshades and think about changing those out. And the drum lampshades are really a way it, to change out to a drum lampshade is really a way to modernize uh, an old vintage lamp. And a lot of times, that's all it takes to really update the lamp and make it look fabulous. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Home Depot has some really good deals on those lampshades. And that Walmart shade, I don't know if they still have that, but the one with the nail heads on it, the studs. Oh, yeah. That okay, was that's a really nice lampshade. And it was like $14 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it was a great deal. Um, Okay, let's see. Uh, uh, fruit. We always say fruit in a bowls, but you know what's really a fun way to display some fruit? Now, it can't last a long time in there, but in large glass cylinders, it's very a dramatico to do that. So if you have some long, tall glass cylinders, which a lot of us end up having from just 
somehow they just show up, right? You get a floral arrangement or something mm-hmm. comes in and you just put it somewhere because it seems like a thing you should just keep because you might need it. So if you have a stash of that somewhere, see if you have three of them, variant size. If you don't have it and you want to try this idea, then you just hit your local thrifty. You will find some glass pieces that you can use. So try to have or nothing. Yeah, right. Try to have three of different sizes, maybe even different w- widths, you know, diameters. And then lemons in one, limes in another, clementines in the third. And whoa, that says summer. It's fun. It's easy to replace. You can actually eat the stuff. You could try, you could do other things at different seasons, but we're sliding into the warm season. So that's my thought for now. But you could do apples. You could do those little granny, are they granny, not granny Smith, though, granny, like the crab apples, the little ones, mm-hmm. um, and maybe nuts and something else for the fall, even like put a wheat sheaf in, in one of them. It could be an interesting display that could be one of those decor hotspots that you just change out. Well, and we use lemons all the time. I use them in cooking all the time. And, you know, you don't want to use a refrigerated lemon because it's just too hard. You're not going to be able to get a lot of juice out of it. So it needs to be room temperature anyway. So if you go through a lot of lemons like I do, it's fine to leave them sitting out. I leave some sitting out all the time just so I always have a room temperature one to juice. Uh, so yeah, that's that's certainly a great way to store them, but not long term. Yeah, because I guess they probably don't get as much air circulation as they would exactly. in a bowl. So. Well, but that's another idea too. I keep them in wooden bowls, so yeah. that's another way. But just to display them, I think is wonderful to have your fresh fruit or vegetables out if you can. I think that's a great look. And another thing that you can get easily for under $50 is a new shower curtain. And I think that's a fabulous way to completely change up your bathroom. It is kind of the biggest real estate in the bathroom besides the floor. So that's really a way to change out the look of a bathroom in a very, you know, inexpensively. So I think that's a great thing to do in there. And the other thing I'm going to add on to that is would be towels if you changed out the towels. Oh, in a I recently got all new towels and I just love that. It's almost oh. as good as getting new underwear, like a whole drawer oh, full of new underwear. <laughs> well, last year, right, last year I did that. I just, <laughs> we had an episode on fresh, fluffy towels, and I went and just tossed all of the old ones. Because, Well, I didn't toss them. I gave them to the animal shelter around the corner, so they are benefiting from them, so they're not in a landfill. Yeah, they're being used. Little puppies Baby and little kitties. are being are, born on them right now. Yeah, yes, or they're being cuddled in them. Or Yeah, and then it was just made me so happy. I cannot, It's just like you said. It was just like a, a fresh new beginning. I don't know. It was like, it was like uh, I, don't, I don't even know. It was like some fresh new beginning. It just felt so good. Yeah, no, even my family, I, I heard uh, at least two of them when they were in the bathroom, we were, oh! new towels <laughs> yes <laughs> and then i keep the lavender sachets on top of the on top oh, of my stack. so are. that top towel always smells like lavender and then i'll pull that one out and then the lavender sits on the next towel nita jean you are nothing but deluxe i must say <laughs> whoa okay well we could just end the show right there because you can definitely get a lavender sachet for under 50 bucks so that's a, a okay. tip onto itself um Lengths of chain from the hardware store to use as drapery tiebacks. Oh, there you go. Now, I don't tie back most of my drapes. Um, most of them just hang. But there's that one that's 
I use as a decorative, uh, adding texture rather than really as a, any sort of drapery in my bathroom, which acts as the separation between the bathroom and the WC where the toilet is. And so it's always pulled back. It's not like anyone's you know, letting it swoop down in front of them. It's just a sort of a, a visual to separate the two areas. And I used this, it really looked like antique brass chain that I got at the hardware store. And most hardware stores will have that somewhere in the back. They've got this aisle, sometimes where the keys are made and all that stuff is there. And they'll just have these big plastic uh, bolts, if you will, wrapped around various widths of chain, various uh, metal types and tones and colors and stuff like that. And, you know, you buy them by the foot. Oh, I see them all the time. I think that's a great idea. And inexpensive, once again, a great savings. It's just tremendous. Well, and another idea, I've been wanting to use this, except I, I'm happy with all the headboards in the house now, so I don't really have an offensive headboard to work with. <laughs> but if you have if you a have headboard that you headboard. find offensive, that you do not like, what about taking a, a width of fabric and basically, when I say making a slipcover for it, it sounds much more complicated than it really is. I'm really talking about just kind of having a piece of fabric that goes over, kind of slips over it, where you've just kind of finished the edges. And if you don't sew, then you can just use that, what is that, stitch witchery, whatever it's called, where you just kind of fold it over and glue it and then iron it. And then um, there's your seam right there. So you could do that where it just kind of, uh, you're just kind of draping it over the back of a headboard. And I think it would work great as long as your headboard is straight across and it doesn't have any embellishments where it goes up and down or it's curved. It needs to be flat. But I think that way you could just easily just use a, a simple straight piece of fabric to cover it. Yeah, that's a great idea. And you could even just drape something over it if you really don't like it. I, I don't know how that would work if it was wooden or you know, it might, wooden or metal, it might well, slip around a little bit, but I'm saying not even do the well, sewing, yeah. not even go around the edges, just sort of lay something over it. You know, just like sometimes you might want to lay something over the back of a sofa, whether it be for protection from doggies or things like that, or maybe just because you don't like the sofa um, and or you're, you know, just want to adding a pop of color or something new to the room. So you could do that with a headboard too, don't you think? Well, what about this? If it's if it's a wooden headboard and it's not soft, it might not be comfortable anyway. So what about getting maybe a couple of layers of blankets and put the pretty one, like maybe two, and put the pretty one on top? Mm. Or maybe just do one kind of folded over and then put that back there. And then, yeah, I mean, if you're leaning up against the headboard, it might shift a bit, but it would be more comfortable and it would be behind your, your pillows anyway. But I think that might be a nice way to kind of... Uh, Camouflage is something that you didn't like. Camouflaging is okay. It's a good idea. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Layering art. We, Anita and I both love the look of sort of leaning art, you know, it seems more casual, it, you know, almost feels like you're the artist and it's just drying and you've got it leaning there, you know, it doesn't seem so formal and it, it can sometimes be really interesting, you know, even if it's just one piece, but you could try to layer, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like 
I don't know, it's definitely like advanced decorating to get that right because the sizes have to be right, the frames have to work together, and obviously whatever the actual art is needs to somehow play. It doesn't have to be matchy-matchy. In fact, it's better if it's not, but somehow work together. But that is a really cool look, whether it's on the mantle or whether it's on some sort of large piece of furniture, maybe in your dining room or something like that. I love that look and it's definitely the collected look which I really like and it, you know I think it's a look that and it's a decorating style that's bubbling to the top now it I don't know if we're just like sliding away from a collected and it's getting yeah or a collected is now being referred to as collected but it collected seems very purposeful but very casual and easy to live with and I think layering art is a great way to get a little bit of that look. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And I love that because you're not putting holes in the wall. And if you're putting artwork, just setting it on a shelf and layering it, uh, it's always the right height. So you know how if you're using different heights of artwork, then you're constantly having to add a new nail hole in the wall because you're having to move the new artwork up a little bit or down a little bit. But this, the bottom of the artwork stays the same place all the time so people like us love that like to change things out love having a shelf but I remember that survey that we reported on on the podcast a long time ago I can't remember what it was called but I remember from that episode that it said most people did not like leaning artwork (laughs) oh really Mm -hmm. because they might get the feel like oh I I have to hang that up like I'm I don't know maybe it feels yeah maybe it feels unfinished to them but I remember thinking well, I love it. I love it too. But maybe it's the people who normally do the hanging of the artwork that love it and the people who don't <laughs> do the hanging that go, I don't like that. Yeah. Earlier we we were talking about on in a different episode about putting a table runner on. And I thought that was such a great idea because it's such a way to add a lot of color or pattern to a dining room table or a breakfast room table without changing out curtains or rugs. Um, and I just think it's a wonderful way to add it. And I did find a specific product and I thought this was a uh, needle point, but upon, uh, when I enlarged it and looked at the title, it's actually, this is a beaded table runner, but it's in the, it's in that Jacobean pattern. If you know what I'm talking about, it's very stylized, very specific floral pattern. And it's on a, Everything's kind of on a vine, lots of different leaves and flowers. So I found one from Pier 1 that's really pretty, and I'm going to include that one. I think it's very interesting, but you wouldn't have to use this one, but I think that's a great way to add a lot of oomph to your dining space, when you're, especially when you're not using it. You want it to... You know, you want to really add some interest to it when you don't have any plates on it. Yeah, I have a runner all the time on my table, and it feels naked in a sense if I don't have a runner on it it just makes sense and because then even if I put my a center I try to like change out the centerpiece I would say probably seven out of nine times it's that big white picture that I have and then I have candlesticks on either side um and even if I put that and if the runner's in the wash or I just didn't switch it out to the, a new one yet, it just looks weird. It, it really grounds what I'm, I'm putting there. So I, runners are a very good thing. Runners are your friends. <laughs> um, frame a tea towel for big impact. Oh, 
soon. Yes, I was going to do that. I have several. Oh, do I've it. I've meaning to do that. I know. Thanks for the reminder. And I guess you could probably combine two of my tips and, and do a tea towel on a on a rod with rings too. If you wanted to try something like that, you can also use tea towels um, as little cafe curtains, which is really darling. Uh, but tea towels are so pretty and um, they're not very expensive. And sometimes you might pick one up on a, on your travels or something like that. And so if you got um, a frame and there's lots of places where you can get inexpensive frames, um, I don't know if everybody knows of that chain, Aaron Brothers. They have those here in mm. Pasadena. Oh, yeah. You know, pretty inexpensive frames and good size ones. You know, even occasionally in Pottery Barn, although I think they, they're a little bit more expensive, but you might find some one on sale or something. So if you just got a very basic frame, you could then, you know, and tea towels are normally around the same size, always unless you're getting a vintage one. And so you could rotate it out as you got bored with it or, you know, you went on a trip, say you went to England or something like that and you picked one up and you wanted to switch it out. It's be very easy to uh, rotate them out and change up your art. I think that's a great, I've got to do that. I, I have so many really charming ones that are uh, French that, uh, you know, if it's folded up, you don't really get the full That's the thing. The full and sometimes they're so pretty and, you know, not on, you don't want to use them because they're pretty or, oh, you know, I got that on my trip. Or, you know, sometimes they're just crunchy. You know, they're not, you don't even, like they might not be absorbent anyway. Right, right. Some of them are. You know, some of them are not the real linen, but they're they're pretty or they're, it's, it's indicative of a place that you visited and you love. So that's just a thought. Well, is that your last one? That is my last one. Mm-hmm. I think. Let's, well, I had to cut myself move. off too. I mean, we've been doing a lot of part ones oh, and twos. We goodness. might have to do a part I two know. of this later in the summer. No, it, 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 you could. We could just go on and on. So. What I can't cut myself off from is visiting Diane James' home because every time I go over there, I fall in love with the de- another arrangement, or then I'm thinking about where I could tuck in some greens that you know really pop in my living room where it's kind of dark and real plants don't do well. So if you haven't visited Diane James home yet, please do um, give yourself, you know, get yourself a cup of tea or a glass of wine or something and sit down and enjoy their website. They have such beautiful, just picked from the garden floral arrangements that will last a lifetime. These are faux arrangements that look so real. You'd have to probably, you know, crawl into it or put your nose really deep into the arrangement to know that they are not real flowers. Diane James is an expert at not only designing beautiful arrangements, but designing the individual flowers so they replicate those in nature. Uh, These are not, you know, buying faux flowers from a craft store. These are seriously beautiful works of art. And we are so proud to be partnering with Diane James Home and to be offering our listeners not only a discount off your purchase, but also the opportunity to win a $150 gift certificate, which would allow you to purchase a, a one, you know, an arrangement all onto itself and probably have some money left over, but also allows you to put that $150 towards a bigger arrangement and towards an investment in beauty for your home. So 
you can visit dianejameshome.com and use the promotion code DTT for 15% off your purchase. And you may also visit our show notes and enter to win the $150 gift certificate to Diane James Home. And this opportunity will last throughout the month of March. And towards the end of the month, uh, the uh, giveaway will end and we will notify the winner by email. So you're going to enter your email to win at our show notes, and you will be entered to win a $150 gift certificate to Diane James Home. Lucky, lucky, lucky ladies, and maybe gentlemen, so get in on it. And we have a very interesting hot topic today, which I think, you know, we might see this coming back. Oh, I know, I know. Okay. It is from the Wall Street Journal, and it is, uh, the title of the article is Wall-to-Wall Carpet is Back. Why designer pros love and hate it. And uh, yeah, this was really a shock to me to read this. Uh, And at first, I really didn't even want (laughs) to look at the article because I just thought, oh, what is going on here? But I did go read it and uh, we'll include the link for you. And it's the the, really the big development is the rising popularity of hand-woven broadloom carpet uh, that incorporates naturally occurring irregularities found kind of more in hand-knotted rugs. Uh, They include fibers, organic fibers like knotted wools, mohair, jute, sisal, and cottons, linens, cashmeres. So it's really not... It's not your grandma's broadloom. It's not, right. It's not the synthetic that used to be popular. These are natural fibers. Uh, So it is a little different than the older one, but... My feeling is, but anyway, so I'm going to throw my opinion in and then you can uh, step in, Kelly, and, and, and give your view on it. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't like them. I feel like they do capture a lot of, they just kind of hold in allergens, mold, mildew, da-da-da. You're kind of stuck with all that and they're hard, and it's hard to clean because a rug, at least you can roll up and send off to be cleaned or you can clean it in the driveway or you know you can roll it up or put something underneath it if you've got a spot treated if you have a spot a pet spot or something whereas that wall-to-wall carpet you're really stuck with you can't you know it's just a big deal I'm not gonna say you can't change it out but it's an expense to change it out and why why not just have a hardwood floor and then a rug that you can change out when you get bored with it or when it gets damaged uh, or if you've got allergies and that rug is a problem, then you can just take it out. Uh, although I will say when I had bad allergies, my mother had uh, has hardwood floors and she doesn't have a lot of rugs and she wasn't doing a lot of vacuuming. And when I went in her house, the allergy was the allergens were just bouncing off of the floor. So I will say having rugs or carpet does help keep them from bouncing all over in the air. But then they're in, they're they in there in the rug. Right. They're still in there. So anyway, I'm really, I really love rugs on top of hardwood. Okay. Go Kelly. Yeah. Well, you know, the article was pointing out that design pros are now using wall to wall again, but listen to what Anita was saying about the type of carpeting there. There's not going to be any bargain in that type of carpeting, right? So it's going to be very expensive and you're still going to have all the issues that you have with even an inexpensive wall-to-wall carpet that you can't clean it, that, you know, it traps all these allergens and dust and all of this, or you might get bored of the color. You know, all these things are, it's still part of the problem. So, I mean, 
the idea that wall-to-wall carpeting is going to come back and be the thing, that would be like saying avocado appliances are coming back and they will now be the thing. I just don't think that is not going to happen. Certainly in some, you know, fabulous homes, they'll have wall-to-wall carpeting and it'll probably be white and it'll be in their bedroom and, you know, there'll be a staff to clean it and maybe it's someone's (laughs) third or fourth home that they're only in once in a blue moon and they're not having pets run over and they're having kids run over it. So I think that the wall-to-wall carpeting, it's just, it's so apparently impractical and there are so Mm -hmm. many excellent choices to go other ways and you can still have carpeting because you can have an area rug it's not as if you have to choose between Uh one or the other and you can only have one surface on your floor the last little paragraph of that article talks about some designer who says oh yeah you know i love the idea of carpet it feels nice on your feet and this and that and the other thing and it softens the look and blah blah blah. but she's using it in rooms and coming maybe just five inches off the wall you know, that's mm-hmm. pretty much wall to wall, but you still, it's not right. stuck there and you don't have to take up the padding and you don't have to have nails all around the edge of your room. So, and you can still have a lovely, whether, whether it's wood or, or even stained cement or whatever your flooring is underneath it. So I don't see this happening as um, a big comeback. You might see it here and there. I mean, it's never really 100% gone away. You do see it here and there. But I don't think for the way we live now, it's a practical choice. Having had pets, I just, the thought of having wall-to-wall carpet and a pet just makes me so squeamish, oh. <laughs> especially with the the situation. I mean, you, you have such a, uh, you've had such an issue with your little guys. Just the one little gal. Oh, just the just gal. the one okay. little gal. Mm. Oh, one gal and no. one boy are very good. The other one, she's still a puppy. You know, she's a puppy still. So oh. what are you going to do? But she's, um, as of recording today, and I'm not allowed to say this out loud in my house because my daughters and husband go, you don't jinx her. But she is four days, four days dry, let's just say. Oh, my goodness. I am so not up I'm for that. I'm so proud. <laughs> I keep telling you, you're a good girl. You're such a good girl because she clearly knows. Only four days? That just, oh, my yeah. goodness. That's rough. Four days dry. Yes. Because you know how both of us are so squeamish about anything coming out of <laughs> dogs well obviously i'm a lot less squeamish than you are because this has been a part of my life but yeah we would not have wall-to-wall carpeting for a lot of reasons including eve (laughs) oh wow okay all right well enough talk about that let's go on to our crushes what's your crush oh my crush yeah gosh you know that's getting harder and harder to decide too because there's so many great things out in the world um well i know i hope i haven't talked about this one before because i don't think i have gold mirrored tray that I purchased hmm. for $14.98. So good. I don't remember if I've seen it or not. Okay. So good. I purchased it twice. Oh, well, I love go. it. I have it on my... Did you purchase it twice accidentally? No, 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 no. I purchased it and then I was like, ooh, this would be good here. And, and then, then I purchased and again. And I purchased again. Um, I put it on my coffee table in the living room and I'm like oh this is so nice and it's bouncing the light around a little bit and I had a vase with some flowers on it and, you know of course did the little vignetting you know rule of threes yada yada all fit on the tray really nicely and I'm like this is so pretty and I'm like and then when I did my closet over I was like 
you know, it'd be nice to be able to bounce a little light around in there too. And I wanted to have a tray, of course. And up it went and I tried it out and I loved it. The only caveat I will say as I'm walking you through what I did step by step because it's it's fascinating how I decided to buy two of them. I'm sure you're all on the edge of your seat. If you do purchase this tray, you know, it's $14.98. Okay. So, you know, give it a break. It's beautiful. It's well-made, but don't try to carry it around your house with anything heavy. I did walk up the stairs with it with the floral arrangement still on it. I was like, oh, I'll just try this in the in the closet. And I could feel, it didn't happen, but I could feel the bottom was being uh, stressed a little, let's just say. It didn't come away or anything like that. But, you know, you wouldn't want to, yeah, I wouldn't want anyone to to get it and then, you know, try to move it off a table with something heavy on it and have it, the bottom fall out. Ooh, you know, it's just glued okay. in there. So that's just a little caveat. And I hope it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, I just wanted to say that as a disclaimer. Uh, but I I hope it doesn't turn you off from it because it really is pretty. And it's wooden painted gold with a mirror, you know, flat mirror on the bottom. Really pretty. $14.98. Oh, oh that sounds nice. Well, I had actually bought this particular pedestal. It's like a little pedestal that you can use to display things on. Uh, I had bought it at an antique store. And then I was so excited to see it on the exact same item on Amazon. Well, were you a little concerned about the antiques in the antique store then? (laughs) No, no, no. I knew it wasn't antique. No, I mean, you know, not everything. Well, here's the thing in the antique store. Not, you know, everything's not antique, but sometimes they have some things that just kind of look antique. Okay. So that was what this was. I knew it was new. But so it kind of looks it because of the way they've stained it and painted it, it kind of looks like pine wood. Also almost like a terracotta look. I, I can't, it's hard to describe it, but it's really beautiful. It's it looks much more expensive in person than it is. And it's about 10 inches tall, 10 inches wide and about 9 inches oh, 10 inches uh both directions but 9 inches high. But it's it's beautiful. I've used it all over my house, and I really love it. So this is, uh, you just have to go look at it. And when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. It just has lots of personality and detail. And I'll include that link. But it's, it's really stunning. Two good tips. Okay, our question today is a question about grout. Uh, so this is from Denise R. And Denise just, she's getting ready to do her bathroom and she's doing subway um and she's seen the white subway done with the darker grout and then she's also obviously also seen it done with a white or a matching or a lighter gray and she's wondering what our thoughts about um choosing grout color are for i guess you know for anything in general but particularly she's using subway white subway mm. I like both of those. I mean, I think the darker is more uh, modern looking, more contemporary, but it might look a little dated maybe 10 years from now than the lighter. But I love both looks. I think they're just amazing. And I really don't think you can go wrong with either one. I think there's a classicness to both of them, but the darker one might be a little more trendy, as they say. But uh, but I, I think it's a very... I like the contra- the high contrast too. So I, I probably not a lot of help. I like both of them. So I don't think there's a bad decision yeah, here. Yeah, and I I, t- I totally agree with you. We have seen that darker gray, and it's 
tends to go with the sort of the modern farmhouse look. And I think that paired with a subway tile, it's going to give it this classic feel. So, you know, where you might say, oh, you know, I kind of know when you did that, you know, the 2019, 18, 20, something like that. But I don't think it's going to be like, oh my gosh, you've got to pull that out and start over or get one of those grout pens, girlfriend. You got to make that grout white. I think it's still fine. The only concern about that is looking at it all the time. It's going to be a lot uh, more visual noise if you're looking Mm -hmm. at a Higher contrast. Yes. So maybe more so in a bathroom rather than in a kitchen. Right. Well, I I think that's right. I I see where you're coming from from there. I think I like that. I think you have a good point. But on the other hand, sometimes when you use the lighter grout, it gets stained in a kitchen. I don't like that at all. Dirty grout is one of my, like, gives me the skeevy weevies. But it's hard to clean, too. It is hard to clean. So anyway, that's a tough one. Yes. Um, So I'm not a fan of white grout, sort of, ever. I think that you can get a very light gray. What I would suggest to you, Denise, is go to a local tile shop, and they have grout kits, and they might just give you one, or they're like 10 bucks. Maybe you can get your hands on one, and you can play around with the different, um, the lighter grays, and then the darker ones, and just keep, you know, putting, have a sample of your tile, and sort of play around with it, and certainly look online and look on Pinterest and see, um, you know, what you're drawn to, um, and think about what's in the space. You know, if there's going to be a lot of other things going on there, then maybe you want to stay away from the high contrast. But I agree. I don't think either one is going to go out of fashion anytime soon. You know what I just wanted to do, which I think is a good idea, is um, just give a quick Team DTT update. Um, because we've got so many people on the team and everybody's running around in that Facebook group and just, you know, there might be somebody who hasn't jumped into the Facebook group in a while. So just to forgive a quick update. So anybody's on team DTT, we're having so much fun. There are two Facebook lives in the group now that you can watch. They stay there. You didn't have to be present when they were uh, being presented live. Um, there, your emails will begin on March 1st and continue every month. You'll be getting an email with a lot of great content and giveaways and things like that. And just as a reminder to enter the giveaways, you are going to have to come onto the Facebook and just let us know that you're interested in, in joining in the giveaway. Um, so, and if anybody has any questions about team DTT, who is you know on, currently on the team, certainly shoot us an email, but pop into the Facebook group. If you haven't been in there yet, there's a whole bunch of ladies in there and we are having a blast. And then if you are interested in joining, we have closed the enrollment for now, but get on our insider email list uh, to be notified when we open the enrollment again. Sounds good. Yes. So we'll include the link for that too. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We enjoyed it so much. And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, Any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon. 